0: Go to MindfulParentingCourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's MindfulParentingCourse.com. I'll see you there.
1: Gratitude and recognizing the gifts in your lives, overcoming negative bias with acts of appreciation for those around us is really a, a big part of feeling content in your own life.
0: You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 331. Today, we're talking about resolving to give back with Sarah Adland. Kids, welcome back to the Mindful Mama podcast, my friend. I am so glad you are here. I'm so excited for you to join this episode. I got so so much out of this conversation. But hey, listen, if you have not yet done so, hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you have ever gotten any value from this podcast, do me a favor and go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review. It helps the podcast grow more. It will take like 30 seconds and I really greatly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. So in just a moment, I am going to be talking to Sarah Adland. She's the program director for this amazing program called Doing Good Together. And she creates and curates tools to help families and organizations raise kids who care and contribute. So for me, when my kids were little, I really was like, oh, I want to get them in the habit of giving back and doing service projects and things like that. And then I discovered that That's not so easy when you have little kids because some organizations don't want little kids there or it's not appropriate or whatever. And so Sarah's organization, Sarah, we talk about how to find projects to do with little kids, how families can volunteer together, how we can focus on family service and create big hearted, generous kids right we can deepen family conversations inspire reflection unleash your child's inner philosopher and we're going to talk about real practical ways that you can bring service into your life and this is such an incredible thing to do because it you know it gives to the world it gives to you it gives to your kids it gives you perspective i mean it's amazing so i am so excited about this because this is really a wonderful crucial key for us to be remember that we are interconnected that we inter are right like I feel like we suffer from a crisis of like way too much individualism in this country and we're not helping each other and we're not understanding each other and doing family service together is a way to just remember to enact that truth all the time that we are interconnected and what we do matters and that we can help each other. It's so, so powerful. So join me at the table as I talk to Sarah Adland. I'm excited to talk to you because, you know, like the new year rolling around. And one of the things that I want, I was like, when my kids were little, I was like, I want us to like volunteer together, like images of us, like serving food at soup kitchen together for Thanksgiving. And we have never served any food at any soup kitchens together. We have done some volunteering, um, here and there, but what I, when I had so much, um, enthusiasm for it when they were little, and then it was just hard to find places that even wanted kids to be there, like it or were appropriate or whatever. And, um, I, you know, I knew I had to like model this, but then I didn't, I, you know, I was, I couldn't like to have, get time away from my kids to like go. It would just be another thing I was doing. Anyway, it, it kind of fizzled out for us in a way. And I'm feeling mom, I'm feeling guilt about it. Cause I had like great, you know, we, I give them money to like give away at each holiday and that feels good, but like, I don't know. Anyway. So you were able to take this, this same impulse to do good and volunteer with your kids, but you did something really big with us, right? Like, so, so maybe you can take us back to the beginning or, or uh, maybe you can alleviate my guilt or maybe I'll, I'll just feel more guilty. <laughs> at the end of
1: this. You captured <laughs> it. That is exactly how most parents feel about volunteering. And that is exactly why doing good together exists because we all, you know, when our kids are really little, most places don't want volunteers that are that little. So we think when they're older and then they're older and they're into soccer and music and everything else. And we think, I don't have any time. And then we feel guilty. And then we kind of shut the whole thing in a box and put it in the other room. So that is what we want to help parents not do. um, Because, well, for lots of reasons, family volunteering is is a joyful, wonderful thing to do. um, But we all as parents want to raise kind kids, and this is one of those keys that unlocks your child's sense of being a compassionate person. And it's not, uh, put put the guilt away because it's never too late. You can start now. You can start when your children are babies. You can start wherever you are, whenever it is. Um, The trick is just to take that first step. And Mm -hmm. also change your thinking a little bit about the the soup kitchen idea is great, but even if you do volunteer at a soup kitchen, it's kind of it's like a one-time thing, or you know maybe once a year. It's a lot of life that happens in between volunteer gigs. So we at Doing Good Together like to talk about a kindness practice, an everyday lifestyle of giving and living generously. That can mm-hmm. begin anytime.
0: I, I like that. I like all the things you're saying. Um, this is this is, this is a perfect. This is part of like our resolution series because I can, I can make a new resolution. So I'm gonna, I will at some point ask you all my selfish questions about how do I do this? Then how do I get my like four, 11 year old and 14 year old into this? But we're gonna put a pause on that. And I want to ask you about how you got into tell us, tell us about doing good together and then, and how did you get started with it? Cause I know there's gotta be a great story behind this.
1: Yeah. Well, I've been with doing good together for 15 years and we've been around for just a couple years longer than that. We were founded for exactly the reasons you pointed out. Parents, um, want to volunteer with their kids. They they want to do it in a way that doesn't need a babysitter so they could go volunteer or take time away from precious family time. Um, But it's hard to find those opportunities. So our founder, Jenny Friedman, wrote the book on family volunteering, literally the book's called The Busy Family's Guide to Family Volunteering. And our organization was born out of that um, with these listings, we, we create family volunteer listings, connecting families with nonprofits who are looking for family volunteers. Um, and we also help nonprofits design family volunteer programs so they can welcome kids of all ages into their organizations. So that's one component of what we do. and that was the early days um, when I found doing it together, that was the most of what we did. My do you have story kids then? I was gonna yeah. So I, I started when my, my oldest daughter who is now 16, um, she was just four years old and her sister was in the high chair doing finger paints and just making a mess. We were in the kitchen, um, crafting and doing random stuff. And I was listening to the, um, public radio cause I do that a lot. <laughs> and it was before podcasting became huge actually. So just mm-hmm. listening to
2: regular radio.
1: Um, and the news of the the Haitian earthquake from many years ago came on and they it was it was devastating to hear with the child i would i would normally turn off the scary news before she heard it but it happened it was just a breaking news alert and the estimates were you know 200,000 people suddenly lost their homes maybe lost their lives very scary and sad and i at the time hadn't done much volunteering and hadn't I was just, I was just treading water, keeping my head above water with two young kids, right, and a job. Um, My daughter looked at me and took my face in her hands and said, Mom, how are we going to help these people? And it was a sweet instinct, right? And kids everywhere have this instinct. What are we going to do to help? And right then I kind of set out on a mission to make sure that she holds on to that how can I help attitude and doesn't get like the rest of us. Like I had gotten cynical thinking, well, I, everything is going haywire. My activity is a drop in the bucket. Um, mm-hmm. And instead help her get used, develop that habit of service while mm-hmm. she was still small and ready to tackle the world so that when she grows up and sees how big the, and challenging the world's problems are, she has, has that habit, that, that instinct to do her part, even if even if it seems momentous. Um, and I'm happy to say she's at 16 right now, um, volunteering at a food pantry this afternoon while she's off school. So it, it seems to stick.
0: Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Um, uh, I love that. And, and yeah, that's what I wanted to, right? Like, that's what we want. Like we want to be able to say you have efficacy in the world. Do you make a difference? Right. Cause we know, yeah those small things do make a difference, but you're right. Like when we, we get overwhelmed with all the things to do, all the things in our own lives, et cetera, then this becomes this just like, oh God, it just is like a a can that gets kicked down (laughs) forever. Right. Um, Yeah. Especially if you can't do it with kids. So you found then, doing good together. So what, to finish the story, I want to hear what (laughs) happened.
1: Serendipitously, um, doing good together was in the newspaper. You know, it's, it's the giving season. It was, it was the giving season at that time. And we get featured a lot because everyone has that sense that, oh, I'm going to be generous in November. Um, And now I spend my time, I connected with Jenny Friedman. It was very much, um, the mission spoke to my heart in the same way it spoke to hers when she founded it. And I started writing their blog and developed um, developed the whole program called Big Hearted Families that is designed to, to fill those in-between moments. So if you start your calendar year thinking, I wanna volunteer a couple times this year, well, what are we gonna do in between there? What are the routines and rituals and traditions we can build into our everyday family lives that are compassion building, that remind kids and empower our, our whole families to make a difference in our communities um, in a way that's meaningful, in a way that gives us purpose so that even, you know, when our kids have bad days in middle school, they have something purposeful at home they're working on. Um, yeah, so that's the Big Heart of Families program that I that I work on is all about that purpose-filled parenting lifestyle um, that helps build connections between families and communities.
0: All right, awesome. And I want to I want to talk to that, but I think it's important for us to kind of get to the crux of like the volunteering itself. So, if we do want to volunteer with kids, what what are like? So, you guys have programs in some certain cities and things like that. Can you speak to like if there is a program in one in one city near us, or if there isn't? What we yeah, have. we
1: are growing the cities based on volunteers that want to help us collect these lists. um But the beautiful thing about the last couple years—it's been a lot wrong with the last couple of years—but the beautiful thing is that so many volunteer opportunities are doable from literally wherever you are. Mm. Um, so all of our family volunteer listings are are localized in a city, except one. Our monthly newsletter, and that comes out every month and features usually 10 to 12 volunteer projects that you can do from wherever you are around a subject that we're tackling at the moment. Um, and connecting you with national organizations that are accepting. For, for example, Color a Smile. Have you heard of this organization? No. <laughs> it's an adorable organization that um, connects families whose kids love to draw, and frankly, a lot of adults who like to draw, um, with people who could use some cheer in their lives. So people, people sign up to receive drawings from Color a Smile, and they'll, they'll deliver them to nursing homes all over the country and children's hospitals and soldiers serving overseas and their families. So they have a, a broad range of people they deliver them to, and they use, they, you know, we've, we've spoken to the executive director over there. They use everything they're given and they, they have beautiful testimonials from the people who receive their stuff. Um, so that's such a simple thing you can do from wherever you are, Just, especially when you have those little artistic kids that just fill out notebooks with drawings. Like, put those, put those beautiful drawings to work and instead of recycling them in the dark.
0: I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. is called Understood Explains. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains.
3: I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom.
2: Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs)
0: who's 14 is, uh, she's working on becoming an Eagle scout. So she needs all these volunteer hours. And so one of the things she's been doing is volunteering, um, doing yeah. Like this remote volunteering where she like identifies, uh, I forget what it is. Like, I think she's like identifying something in the night sky for, for something or no no she's identifying like which which of these pictures has this bird in it so that they can help um so that they can you know uh, scientists can identify whether this bird is in a certain area or something like that i think um i've broken up for you but it, you know and it is was a really fascinating uh, volunteer thing that she did from her phone like identifying this bird for this scientist and i'm not sure that was like my
1: that's really cool
0: it's super cool um and especially she's having some mobility issues so like that, that was like perfect for her but um but yeah what are some other examples of some remote i love this like color me a smile one what are what are some other remote yeah. ones that people are oh, uh, excited
1: about there are so many cool ones there's an app you can put on your phone um oh gosh i'm blanking on the name. Be My Eyes. It's just called Be My Eyes. Um, It connects blind people with you. So they can call, uh, they call this number. um, They they use the app and connect with whoever picks up on the app. And they'll say things like, I'm at the grocery store trying to pick out my favorite jar of pickles, but they've moved things around and I can't tell which one's which. Or um, I, what was the one a friend of mine just had the other day? Something had rolled under the couch. And so uh, the daughter and mom on the other end of the app helped guide this woman to what she was looking for under her couch. It's really a cool way to actually connect with real humans and make their lives better.
0: Wow. That is so cool. So- I love this. Okay. So we can do remote things. We, your, your daughter's like, she's, she's volunteering. And then we know where you guys are in cities just to kind of like round out the picture. What are some of the things that people can do that? I mean, are they, I mean, I know the pandemic, like, are we doing in-person things? Like what are some of those things was more traditional? The the in-person things. things.
1: Yes, the in-person things are back. And um, whatever city you're in, whether we have listings there or not, the my first suggestion for a first step is to kind of assess with your family what your interests are. Um, because it, it it's nice that my daughter's volunteering in her own, but it's, we always love the things we can do together too. So um decide where that intersection is. Do you want to work on hunger? Do you want to work on homelessness? Do you really care about the environment and healing the earth? Whatever your issue or passion is. Look for that organization in your in your city in your region. Somebody is bound to be working on that issue, and make that connection because I can tell you. Uh, adopt the food pantry. You know, make that your mission. Once a month, you know, f- put a box in your kitchen, fill it up, a couple things in there every time you go to the grocery store. Keep a coin jar out and collect loose change. And once a month, take your take your loose change and your extra food to the food pantry and help that way. And that's fantastic. But before you do that, give them a call. What do they need? You'd be surprised. A lot of times the food pantries will tell you really specific things. Like one May I called um, just to see what their their needs were. And it was about to be summer. They said they had gotten a ton of hot dogs and buns as donations, which was great, but they had no ketchup or mustard. So they said if you could if you could get your friends and neighbors to donate ketchup and mustard our our folks would be a lot happier. So that's what we did and it was a fun little, you know, mini donation drive for the food pantry. But those those getting to the needs really helps because kids kids can smell busy work and they know when when you're doing something just to make them feel good. They want to feel meaningful. So starting mm-hmm. with the need and starting with the local organization near you and asking what can we do? Will get you on the path to really purposeful work.
0: Okay, so you have been doing this with your kids since the the little one was was on the you know in the high chair. What are you know? Why does this? What impact can you say this has maybe had on your own family, or impact that you've seen having on other families? Like what what are the benefits of this?
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty profound working with some of the members the way we have for the last 10 or so years that our membership program's been going, watching these kids grow up with this mission to be kind, this this concept of, okay, I'm, I'm going to start with kindness. I'm a, I'm a kid that helps and makes a difference. Um, the benefits are pretty, pretty direct. You can see that they really will be the kid that raises their hand to step in and help, um, or will be the kid that that comes home noticing something in class and needs to talk about why this was an injustice and why we need to do better and make a difference. Um, And that bears out in the research. If you look at the research on raising kind kids, the kids that volunteer with their families are 40% more likely to volunteer as adults. So serving together really does create the next generation of philanthropists and and kind people in the world, which is something we all know we need more of right now. It feels like, well, and that feels like the research bears that out too. Empathy is actually on the decline. Um, oh. There's, I know there's this, a long-term study out of the University of Michigan that found that empathy declined, and this is self-reported empathy among college mm-hmm. students, but they'd used the same study for, or same survey tool for years, I think 20 years, um, declined by 40%. So empathy is declining by 40%, and that's you know slightly older data. I'm waiting for the new the new study should be out this year, so I'm watching watching for that. Um, but we know empathy is on the decline. We know hate crimes are up, and and just division in our communities is is rising. Um, so there's a real need for this uh, this work. It really does improve children's ability and frankly, there's no, uh, no time too late to practice empathy. It improves adults' empathy too when we practice this with our kids. Um, so the, the time has never been more important. Plus, I got to say, volunteering makes us happier. That's the the bit of good research that's out there. Volunteering makes you feel good. It makes, uh, it's actually contagious. People uh, in one study, people who saw somebody doing a a random act of kindness for somebody were more likely to do something kind in the next couple of hours of their day. Mm
2: -hmm. So sharing
1: kindness and service in your community actually really does change the culture. It might be just a, a little bit, but with each effort, your, um, your actions are changing the culture a little bit.
0: All right. So we're, we're making, we're helping to cultivate kinder kids. We're making kinder communities and selfishly, it feels good. We're happier. It's like
1: win, win, win situation. And, totally. and,
0: and there's benefits for obviously the people on the receiving end of this. Too. <laughs> we
1: call it the ultimate multitasking because you're making a real actual impact with whatever the work is you're doing. You're in, you're, sort of that parental mind of yours is thinking, oh, I'm improving my kid. I'm making them happier, healthier. Um, they tend to have more academic success and stay away from dangerous behaviors when they have when kids volunteer with their families. So, you know, our, our parenting brain is thinking, okay, the, all of those things are good for my kid. Um, and then the long-term impacts of raising kids who are, are community-minded and will volunteer it, for generations to come impart this on to their own kids so yeah it's a, it's a pretty multi-layered benefits that come that come with this All right, so
0: my heart is like super all into this. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And now I'm gonna ask myself this question about my, well, what if you, I've been in a situation where it's been hard to volunteer with little kids and you've gotten out of the habit and now you're all in the like rhythm of your life and that rhythm of your life is not including going and doing a lot of volunteering necessarily. And there happened to be maybe 11 and 14. (laughs) What would you suggest Cause I would really like, I mean, the Maggie doing the the bird app, I think is wonderful and great, but I know that in-person makes a big difference and I would love to like be doing something with the whole family. So what would you, where would you suggest to start? Obviously you said like, look at an issue. I mean, but honestly, like that feels a little like, overwhelming for me in some ways. Like I kind of care about a lot of things and
1: I don't know. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) It does feel like there's a lot of places to put your effort. So, um, picking one and getting started that, The thing I often tell parents is give yourself grace on all of this because it will feel very overwhelming if you suddenly feel like you need to be the world changer. Um, The beautiful part about the work we've done with Doing It Together is that we know there are families all over the country. And in fact, recently we've been working with a group called Global Peace Women. So we now know families all over the world that are doing this work in their communities. So you don't have to cover all the issues. We're all in it together and we are all collectively working as part of a big community of change makers. So I like that to dial down the stress of it. Thank you. <laughs> um, just to, to know that whatever you do once doesn't have to be the only way you serve. Um, but I also have an 11 or almost 11, 14 and 16 year old. So I as a oh. the parent of kids that are a little bit older and less uh, less prone to making crafty cards for grandma all the time. Um, service has to be really intentional and you have to get everybody on board. So having family meetings is one thing that I um, I really recommend people make time for. It sounds like it's off topic from family volunteering, but we actually use our family meeting time as part of a kind of compassion building plan. Um, Doing Good Together has a template on its website for family meetings that includes things like, okay, my three kids and my husband and I what chores are going to get done and by who? This is a this is a group effort. We're a team here. Um, and then what, what way are we going to help out? Or who do we know that needs some cheer this week? Or is there a local service opportunity that we want to tackle? So those are opportunities for our kids to bring up things like the compassion drive at school and how we can make a bigger impact on that. Or if there's something that they're... Um, their extracurricular group might want to do like if does the soccer team want to go and help rake lawns in the fall or uh, that, those conversations tend to happen organically when the kids feel like they're involved and can help suggest things they have lots of ideas and kids love to be treated as the experts on what how we should make a difference because they they do have lots of opinions about what needs to be better
3: well hey there busy mama
2: You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.
0: And and when opportunities are there, like they're they jump, they do them. You know, I mean, I know that, like in my very local community, I live in like kind of a. Funky little artist community in Delaware that has a lot of like community stuff, and um, you know there we do a fair every year, and everyone you know the kids volunteer often, and like we'll run a kids game or they they do kind of some things like that, and my daughter who's eleven just is doing this best buddies program that did they do like the rock your socks. Thing at school, which is like to like autism awareness, and anyway, she's meeting once a month. I think she's doing it because like her friend at school could do it too, and they could do it together, which I is nice. But I'm glad it's this sort of volunteering thing. But okay, so I have a conversation. We're long overdue for a conversation about chores because the dishes issue is like a a mess at the moment. (laughs) Not working for me.
1: It's not meeting my needs, but um... I'm with you. My dishwasher just broke and I'm still the only one doing the dishes. What is going on here? We need to uh, reassess the chore situation at my house too.
0: Okay, good. I'm glad to know I'm not alone. So, but then (laughs) if I say like, Hey, this year, you know, 2022, like let's um, let's you know, think about some ways we can give back. Let's do some volunteering things together. I start the conversation, but then I'm like, Meh, I don't know where to go, what to do. What if I'm interested? Like, what would you say? Like, say if I'm interested in, like, I know my kids are definitely interested in climate change issues and things like that. You know, I know they would definitely be interested in helping people who are, you know, struggling or, you know, homeless or hungry and things like that. Those are two. Sort of place places, of overarching categories I think they would have interest in, where would I then con- you know, direct, continue with this conversation besides kind of getting ideas from, from them? What could I offer as
1: ideas? Yeah, well, when you get to the, the issue of homelessness and, and just um, poverty, the we simple live- as
0: ideas- we live in North Wilmington. We live in North Wilmington, Delaware, and we're really close to Philadelphia. So I
1: know, like I know, these challenges are are really close to home. Right, right. Well, and again, I would reach out to a local shelter and maybe ask what they need. I know mm-hmm. ours um, are often asking for lunch lunch bags, mm. lunch kits. So I've had sandwich making parties with my kids before. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've invited neighbor kids to join us and, you know, buy a few bags of bread and meat and cheese. And the shelter will tell you what they prefer if they have any restrictions, but usually, you know, make up a ton of ham sandwiches. You, If you spend an hour on this service project, you can make a ton of sandwiches and then um, put them in your Ziploc bag, put a heart sticker on them or put a have a nice day sticker on them. And tuck them in a paper bag with maybe an apple or whatever else the shelter recommends because they all do it differently, honestly. Um, but that is something that a lot of homeless shelters need because they will provide breakfast and dinner, but then they send people out back outside um, mm-hmm. during the day. So if they could send them with a healthy lunch, that is a, that is a real quality of life improvement. Um, different cities have collection services for sandwiches or lunch kits kind of going at all times. So you can reach out to your local local shelter and see if that's something they need. Um, blessings so, bags are really popular to, to have in the car to hand out to. And kids like making those with just like, blessings um, have, bags. Yeah, yeah. Tell, yeah. Me, tell me more about this. Oh, this is awesome. And
0: I just want to be like super clear about this. Cause if we, you've never done this before, we're just yeah. going to like Google your home city and say, shelters in my home city, you know, and then you're going to call that number and say, Hey, you know, what are you needing? And that's where you In most
1: places in the United States, you can actually call 211, which Mm. is, will connect you to services in your area, and you can call 211 and ask where the nearest shelter is if you if you want to keep it super simple.
2: But right, on cool.
1: um, Doing Good Together, if you go to our Doing Good Together homepage, you'll find our projects, and we have them organized by issue. So we have a whole collection of different projects you can do to fight poverty, and we walk you through, you know, what goes in a blessings bag. You know, socks are great. Chapsticks, great. You know, hundreds of dollars not a great place to put that. <laughs> so we have uh we have some guidelines based on what the shelters typically ask for and and um even some some suggested language for a note to go in there if you wanted to add a note to your blessings bag to hand out when you cuz kids it's heartbreaking when you see people in need while you're out and about and it's you know depending on your comfort level it's okay to to hand people a bag of useful things that they could they could use.
0: That's awesome. I mean, I love that idea because I've in the past been like, "Here, take this bag of almonds. That's in my car." You know, like, yep. have a kind bar, and um, and I feel okay about that. You know, like I feel good about that. But a mm-hmm. blessings bag is like a black bag with basically things that someone might need. And so, what yeah. are some of the things if people are just want to th- like have a couple of these in their glove compartment? You know what? Yeah,
1: and actually, you know, with all the mad dash holiday sales on, it's a good time to get the like 12 pack of chapstick and the 12 pack of socks. Mm. And, you know, they, they usually recommend some kind bars, granola bars, a bottle of water, um, a refillable water bottle of water would be really nice because then they just have that. Um, I always tuck in the little note from our website that has, you know, if you need help, here's your call 211 or go to this oh. nearby shelter. Cause it's not everybody knows what they need to be doing to get help. Oh, mm-hmm. um, what else goes in there? A roll of quarters sometimes. Oh, wait, there's so many things that are list depending on seasonally. If it's summer, you want to throw some sunscreen in there. Why um, a roll
0: of quarters? I, I mean, it was, are um, there um,
1: oh, any for
0: laundry? Oh, laundry! I was gonna say, are there any payphones left in the world?
1: Um,
0: <laughs> that I don't think so. But
1: yeah, there was that was for laundry, I think. I haven't been okay. on that page in a while of our, of our site, but yeah, there's, um, huh. what was the other one for fight poverty? Oh, well, you can also do like, as a family, do a fundraiser at home. One one thing that we've done, and this may be for more like your 11-year-old than your 14-year-old, uh, but we have a, a template on our website that's a fight hunger calendar. And what you do is set a, an empty place at your table, an empty bowl to sort of signify that you're going to try to fill, fill tummies this year. And every day on the calendar, you count something in your home. So it gives your child a chance to really actually notice the abundance in your own home. Count how many pairs of shoes they've got. Count the things on the third shelf of your pantry. Put that many quarters or dollars. You guys can decide how you want to do your fundraiser, but put that in the bowl. To sort of signify the um, the abundance in your home, and then you're donating that to the food pantry or the shelter at mm. the end of the month. That's something we've done in um, in November and in February. We've done as a family, and it really does kind of blow their mind when they start looking at, oh yeah, we do. We kind of maybe don't need then to buy another whatever it is XYZ. Let's instead donate that to the to the shelter collection because we have we have enough we can be, we can be comfortable having enough.
0: I love this so, so much because it is, does point to like, reminds them, you know, I mean, kids have the same negativity bias in their brain that that we have. So they tend to, you know, they can tend towards like kvetching and criticism and poor me and all that stuff that we all do. Right. And so these, these practices of giving to others and kind of making it a practice process are continual reminders of oh I have look at how much I have of of you know that really point to gratitude and appreciation for what we do have too which is incredible.
1: Right, exactly. And then I really like to to remind families that the the service component of what you do is one really it obviously it's the first piece, it's the important piece. Um, But reflection and reflecting about you know why is this disparity happening? Why, especially with older kids, what is going on with the issue of homelessness? Let's dig into this as a family a little bit. Maybe we could read some books together on this. Maybe there's a documentary we could read that um, uncovers kind of the systemic problems in place that are creating this homelessness issue in our community. And and then what more can we do about that? We have, um, I was gonna show you, we have on our site several of these advocacy pages. Um, This one's for the environment. But they walk families through, you know, kind of beginner's guide to advocacy. So you think through what you will do to fight poverty or to, to stop homelessness. You know, our family is is filling blessings bags and, and supporting homeless people with this uh, in this way. But dear representative, while we are doing this, can you help change the problem? and fix the underlying problem of poverty and homelessness in our community. Um, It tends to be a pretty powerful way to reach out to legislators because kids' voices are being elevated um, and they know families in their district are caring about these concerns.
0: Mm. Oh, I love that. Um, Yeah. Uh, And kids think, oh, you know, whatever. And, but I mean, the whole idea that the adults will listen more to your voice is true, you know, and, and, and probably very, very effective. Okay. So I sit down, it is I have true. my family meeting. I say, here are some things we can do. What, what's a beginner, what's a beginner's schedule? <laughs> I don't want to get like so ambitious that we're like, we're going to do so much. And then we like Peter out. What's a beginner schedule for, for volunteering that is reasonable. And that's like a good start. <laughs>
1: I always feel like a good start would be to find one in-person volunteer effort that your family is sort of excited about. What, what gets the, you know, you, you throw out a few different options. Some of them fizzle out and some of them get an eye roll. And where's the one that's like, oh yeah, I, I would be interested in, in participating in that kind of service project. Um, do that first. Get one thing on your calendar so that you feel good about that and when that one thing is done look for the next thing to put on your calendar and maybe for your family's schedule this is a quarterly thing maybe it's you know maybe it's weekly whatever feels comfortable for your family's schedule just get get that one thing on the calendar and then make a plan kind of around that so if your one thing is you know what Saturday night we're gonna make blessings bags together and we're gonna watch family movie and that's gonna be our family date night um maybe gearing up to that, you either find a podcast or a book or something that you can all listen to around the same idea, the same issue. So you can have a sort of thoughtful conversation around the issue that you're, that you're learning more about. Um, Do that one time. And I think you'll feel so rewarded by it, that you will schedule the next one pretty quickly.
0: (laughs) I, I, and as you're speaking about this, I, I, I was thinking about trying to like, kind of really practically implemented. And for me, I think it would be helpful if it wasn't just my family, but if we could invite yes. like say one other family, then then we have a, you know, then we all get together and make sandwiches. Right. Um, yeah. And then, then there's this like, kind of like built-in accountability and fun element that it just the celebration, the right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's when we did our sandwich party, it was with our neighbors and it was it was very joyful and very fun. And, you know, we did the service component and then we hung out for a while. Um, we've done that in the summer. I'll have the kids gather a group of friends and we'll do a couple service projects with their friends in the summer. And that tends to be, you're right. It's that accountability. It's the joyful part of coming together as a community to solve a problem. Um, and then it gives everybody something to talk about too. They, you know, they refer back to some of the different service projects we've done with friends before and, um, reference that when they come up with new plans for for a service.
0: All these ideas are sort of so familiar to you, but like to me, they're they're new. They're new, and I'm really excited about them. And I think just sharing all these different examples really sparks a lot in my mind about how we how we could do this. Um, so, but you also you also look talk about um, kind of you know you have a lot of stuff about like kind of creating kindness all this are like things that practices and things for gratitude and kindness that can be practiced in between these these projects um can you tell me a little bit about Then this is obviously this was your brainchild this is what you brought to this to, um, yeah. to to the organization um so tell me about that
1: yeah well just like we were talking about a moment ago um gratitude and recognizing the gifts in your lives um overcoming negative bias with acts of appreciation for those around us is really a a big part of feeling content in your own life and a big part of feeling like a a big hearted change maker in the world. Um, So I I encourage that a lot with the families we work with. We even have like a little award template so kids can make their own like you're my hero award or best teacher in the world award, whatever they name it. Sometimes they get very silly with them um, and deliver awards to people they appreciate. Um, I also really encourage noticing kindness. So that, like you said before, your, your kids sound like they're involved in lots of different service, uh, service projects in their community, which is awesome. And it's easy when they come from school or it's because they went with a friend to kind of just let it be part of the backdrop of your lives, but noticing that the kindness that happens organically in our lives, the way our community supports each other, the way others help us when, when we're sick and can't make carpool work and someone else steps in, noticing those acts of kindness help kids see the world in a, a better light and help um, help kids just understand that kindness and, and community is something that we live every day. It's not it's not a one-time activity on the calendar, it's how we live our lives. Um, so just that recognition goes a long way.
0: Hmm. I mean, would you recommend kind of getting families involved, like seeing if, you know, say your parents or in-laws, your brother and sister and their family, like, would they be open to putting a, a setting a bowl at a, a t- an empty place at the table and just kind of putting that there for a gathering that you might have or something like that? Um, or is that too much of a downer? <laughs> I don't no, know. <laughs> I love that
1: idea. I, I love that idea. And I love um, when we when we call ourselves a family-focused organization, we are defining family in every iteration that can be. Um, mm-hmm. Anytime you can pull in all the generations and multiple family members, I think the impact only grows on our kids as they see that this really is a whole family priority. Um, we find that grandparents love to. They tend to have a little more time and they love to participate in service projects with their grandkids because it is, yeah, like I mentioned before, it's that chance to pass on your values, to talk about, it gives you this entry point to talk about things you might not otherwise talk about with your grandparents. So that is really a a wonderful idea. And especially around the holidays, finding different opportunities to add, um, we talk about traditions a lot. So whatever your family traditions are at every, every holiday throughout the calendar year, find one service project that you can add as a component to that holiday. Um, even something very simple, adding a, a card-making station. Uh, we, we usually do this in mid-January. We'll have a card-making station in our house through all of January for Valentine's Day. And it seems a little early, but that way we can get them all delivered in time for Valentine's Day. But we have whoever comes in our house, grandparents, friends, loved ones, everyone makes a Valentine's card to add to the pile. And then we deliver them to a local nursing home. And mm. it's it's a wonderful, especially with teenage girls, it's a wonderful way to flip Valentine's Day into just a living generously holiday and not quite so much romantic fabricated emotions holiday.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I love that. Um, Valentine's for nursing homes. What a cool idea. Um, so, okay. Then now we, I don't want to neglect the parents of little kids. What about little kids? Like, do they want to do things in person? Maybe they, I'm sure they'd love to like color and send their, their drawings all around the world, but are there other, what are other ideas that parents of little kids can do in person or in their family or whatever?
1: One of my very favorite service moments when I was a, my, my son was just five months old, I think. Um, and you know, three little teeny kids and I was kind of overwhelmed, but I wanted to do something kind over Valentine's day that year. And so my son and I went to a memory care unit. I called the local nursing homes and just asked if, if a baby visit would be welcome as a service project. Turns out they love babies and it Mm. brought back memories of their own babies in this beautiful moment of, you know, passing my smiley, you know, five months old, they're all cute cheeks and smiles. And Mm. he he grinned at every, every lovely old lady that held him that day. And it was just the most warm, wonderful moment. And I, you know, he doesn't remember it, but that definitely fed my mama heart and my instinct to keep sharing service and kindness, however I could. So whatever age your kid is, there's opportunities out there. I know one family that volunteers to read every Saturday morning at a local nursing home, and they just go to the community area where everyone's having coffee, and the kids are um, right at that age where they're learning to read on their own. So they read picture books out loud to the folks at the nursing home who find them just delightful. They're, They're delighted by the kids. They're helping them learn to read. So really... In that situation, whenever you're connecting with people like that, it's really hard to see who's the helper and who's being helped because that that bond is really lovey, loving and um, and only grows the more consistent you are with that. And then that same family, when the their grandparents um, had a pretty scary health incident, those kids, because they'd been used to seeing older folks were the only kids in the family that weren't afraid to go up to grandpa and, and give him hugs and and help him through his when he you know had tubes and things at the hospital. They weren't scared because they had they'd been around older folks and they weren't worried about about all weird medical devices. They were comfortable. So that was a, a unforeseen gift of their service to their family.
2: Mm.
0: This must be like I I don't know, but this working uh you know, with doing good together, it must be a very fulfilling work for you to do. I imagine as you're facilitating all this stuff, like you're getting all that good feeling all back at you too. Yeah,
1: that, that sums it up pretty well, actually. <laughs> that is one of the other habits I like to recommend to families, elevate the good stories. We're bombarded by so many, so many dark things and headlines. Um, But I tell my kids all the time and I elevate the stories all the time. There is really good, beautiful work being done out there. And there are people doing their best to solve really complicated problems. And it makes a difference. It is making a difference. And we are moving forward. Um, And yeah, elevating the uplifting pieces of our world only makes us all feel better. And keeps us hopeful heading into this new year. Hopeful that we are part of a community of givers. And if we each do our part and each take a step um, we can we can nudge this whole world into a better better place i think
0: you're making me more hopeful so just to recap it doesn't matter we can always begin anew right we can always begin again with our volunteering we can have these conversations i mean i envision the conversation i have with my girls going like something like this is important this matters to me i'd love to have you guys involved in this for us to give back what is important to you um and having that conversation um then look around for for things in your local area and in and doing good together there's all if you're lucky enough to be in one of the cities where they they are gathering those uh um, activities you can check out there gotta come to philadelphia soon i think that's your next step yeah (laughs) (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Um, And don't forget our our, uh, Pick a Project, our Big Heart of Families collection has dozens and dozens of project ideas that are very detailed Mm. that'll give you instructions. Um, DoingGoodTogether.org. If you just go to our homepage, you'll you'll connect with our projects. But our Mm. our project section has... basically like a little recipe for each, each active service that you can do. And it has the instructions and reflection questions to ask your kid to help them think bigger about that. And, um, we didn't get into the books, but we have dozens and dozens and dozens of book lists, um, with the idea that, you know, even on the busy weeks, we're still reading with our kids. Um, and my, my 10 year old just told me the other day, mom, don't, don't ever stop reading picture books. Picture books are sometimes better than the chapter books. Like, yeah. So, so when funny. we're revisiting those, yeah. Revisiting I, those picture books is, is worthwhile.
0: I miss reading picture books. They don't want me to read I, picture books anymore. And I'm just like, oh, I want someone to read some picture books too. Cause it was so fun. I miss like singing to bed at night in picture books. So if you, dear listeners, I you know. are in the singing your kid to sleep at night in picture book phase, just know that just
1: Oh, revel in it. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Revel in it. Yes, yes, yes. So book lists on your site too. And that's such a great resource. I love like resources that can, you know, support your values and just really Mm -hmm. that's, that makes a huge difference.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And with books I find, um, I just, I just get dozens of them from the library once a week and put them out. And you'd be surprised. at I'm always surprised at what they gravitate to. I don't force books on my kids. But when I get, you know, several different titles to check out and lay them out on the coffee table, I've, I've caught my teenagers reading the picture. Books. It's, it's kind of funny, because they'll, you know, they don't want to be caught. They definitely don't want to be read, too. But they're, you know, some of these topics that they're covering in a picture book way are, are good for even adults to read. So
0: totally. Hmm. The more ideas, Sarah. This has been so wonderful to talk to you. You're leaving me very hopeful in uh, what happens to be a very full day for me. And this has been like a real joy to to chat and and to to talk about this. And I'm I'm on fire now for for talking to my family about volunteering. I'll probably have to like tone it tone it down a little so I don't like overwhelm. <laughs> <them>. <laughs>
1: Well, we'll have to reconnect. I want to hear how it goes for you because your your concerns and your your thoughts about this are exactly what every parent is feeling about family volunteering. And I just, I, I can't recommend it highly enough as a, a way to spend meaningful, fun family time. Um, don't forget to reward yourselves after the service project with dinner out or, a, you know, ice cream or whatever the celebration is, but make it make it a really complete family time moment and you won't regret it. It'll be something you'll always remember.
0: Mm, yes. Yes. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. Thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you for, um, uh, for talking and sharing your time and, and, and sharing your, your talent with all, with all these amazing ideas for all of us. It, it's, it's much appreciated and I know it's going to have ripple effects.
1: Wonderful. Thanks so much for having me on.
0: Okay, so update. Now that you've listened to this amazing episode, I don't know if you love what Sarah Edland has to say. Update I've called the Sunday Breakfast Mission in Wilmington, Delaware, and I found out that yes, they need, they would love to have sandwiches. (laughs) Any day, anytime they want sandwiches, and we can make any kind of sandwiches we want. So we are in the process of planning a sandwich making session right now. It's like the midst of so much COVID everywhere. So we're having trouble like doing it in person. So we're going to wait a little bit. So we don't want to make sandwiches out in our carport in the cold. (laughs) It's really cold out, but it's in process and I'm so excited about it. So I'm wondering, are you inspired by this episode? Do you have you gotten something out of this? I, I would really love to know. And if you have, do me a favor, take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me at Mindful Mama Mentor, and let me know what your takeaways are or like take a screenshot of your projects and tag me. That would be amazing. I would love to see that at Mindful Mama Mentor. And remember, if you have not done so yet, subscribe, leave a review. If you've gotten value from this podcast, go over and leave a review. And it, it just takes a minute and it really really makes such a huge impact on helping others hear the podcast so so please go do that and hey listen I just want to offer that you know if you if you are too overwhelmed to do family service projects that's okay it's okay to be in that season of your life and I hope that this episode has brought you some inspiration for when you have the ability to to and the bandwidth to to take it further take it outside the family it gives gives back to the world it shows our kids that we're interconnected you know it helps us remember that like it be an act kindness right it's an experience it gives to the world it gives to us it gives us perspectives it's so so powerful and appreciation for the, the whatever prosperity and safety and health we have in our own life so so good to do so I'll be doing it with you let me know and I'd love to hear what's happening for you hey Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I am wishing you peace. I'm wishing you health and wealth and ease this week. And I'm wishing you just some moments of true connection of rest and true connection with your family and those you love. And I will be back to talk to you next week. We have another awesome episode in the Resolve series. We're going to be talking about to resolving to eat nutritiously with Dr. Organic Mommy, Natasha Beck. So make sure you listen to that episode. And thank you. Wishing you a great week, my friend. Namaste.
4: I'd say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better